0: Welcome to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, where you'll find great insight on what's happening in the world of local marketing from two of the industry's brightest analysts and forecasters, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's show is sponsored by Simplify, the leaders in localized programmatic ad buying, and Site Impact, the experts in email marketing. And now, here are your hosts, Gordon and Corey. Well, welcome everybody to uh, the local marketing trends podcast. With me is Corey.
1: Hello, Gordon. How are you today?
0: Good, thank you. Uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about programmatic and all the terms being thrown around. Great,
1: <laughs> the giant bucket that is programmatic and all yeah. the terms therein, from OTB, RTB, open marketplace. Oh, you know, oh this, oh that. There's so many terms.
0: Yeah, and. It, there's a lot of confusion. I think you and I had a conversation this morning. as, you know what is what is audience extension actually? Yep. And so so let's let's not just make it even more confusing. <laughs> I think you know what we're talking about when you think about it is robotic ad buys. What yep. the hell happens to the you know 50,000, sixty thousand employees that are selling advertising for TV stations, radio stations, newspapers, direct mail companies, etc.? Yeah, it we do All don't need eventually going to be don't need them. Don't need them anymore. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Did we have a, a statistic a few years back that said when we did this paper with Bill Imerman, uh the time he was with Tribune on programmatic advertising mm-hmm. that said what percent was going to yeah, be? Yeah.
1: It said it was back in 2015. We said by 2020, 85% of display ads would be bought programmatically. And guess what the percentage was last year? About 84%. <laughs> So there you go. So yay, our prediction. But it it just goes to say that 85% of display ads are being bought by robots.
0: Yeah, it it reminds me of, uh, of Amazon when you think about it. The Amazon business model for years was to basically lose money. Um, But to gather up customers, you know, they started out with books in the Mm -hmm. the mid 90s and said, okay, if you buy a book that tells us something about you and then it gives us your credit card information. If you buy this book and that book, it sells a little more about you. Maybe you buy a bunch of books about travel and that tells us something else about you. So we'll give you travel and airlines, you know, information, things like that. And that was a really interesting business model that put a lot of people out of business because of Amazon's focus on what? customer
1: ah yeah the 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 customer maintaining that relationship developing that relationship so even if robots are out there buying all of these things i think you have to maintain the relationship i think there's another thing that robots can't do and that and that's the creative side of everything the creative elements and the creative ads that's yeah. not going to come automatically at least Not yet.
0: So where I think we're headed is with media companies, you know, and I know there's a lot of people at media companies who grouse about, aren't we just selling other people's inventory? Aren't we just selling other stuff at low margins? But I think it's actually essential to maintaining a relationship with people. So before we get too far down that road, uh, let's stop for a commercial break. We've got an interview with uh, one of the foremost experts um, in programmatic advertising, Frost Prelove from uh, Simplify. So just a minute, we'll be right back with that interview. Hey, Burrell listeners, it's David McBee, director of training at Simplify. Did you know that addressable programmatic is the most
2: precise way to advertise locally? Check out the revolutionary new way to use digital advertising to target down to the individual household level. Visit Simpli.fi to learn
1: more. Most would agree that email is an incredibly powerful marketing tool. I know it is. But mastering it, it's, it's full power, takes some expertise. And you know what? That's exactly where Site Impact comes in. When it comes to email marketing, Site Impact provides a targeted email marketing solution to qualified traffic, wherever your audience engages most. So, want to learn more? Go to siteimpact.com. That's S-I-T-E impact.com
0: okay everybody i am uh, excited to have frost prelove from simplify simplify has been uh, sponsored our conferences and been a a veritable market force everywhere we go frost we hear uh, about simplify and what a great uh, um, uh, partner they are for a lot of our clients our media clients Uh, you guys are doing a lot of great work but before so welcome to the show thank you uh, but before we begin, tell us a little about your, yourself. You've been at uh, at Simplify for, what, about a decade now? And what about before then?
2: Yeah, 10 years. We just had our 10-year anniversary, as a matter of fact. Uh, well, before then, I'm a native uh, from the San Francisco Bay Area. So I've been in technology, gosh, since the last century, or maybe even the last decade, as we say now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I had a, I married a beautiful woman from Fort Worth, Texas, and early in the... Uh, Or in the 2000s, we moved to Fort Worth and um, where I started a company that we sold to Collective Media. We started a company called Personify uh, and sold that to Collective Media in 2008 um, and was there for a little while, which is an ad network, which you may recall. And then uh, two years later in 2010, uh, Paul Harrison, our CTO, and I started uh, Simplify.
0: It's been a great uh, um, ride in the past 10 years. It's been great to see the, the company go, grow. So give us the headlines. How big is the company? How much inventory delivered revenue? Things that will help everybody sort of understand the, the size of Simplify in the programmatic space. Yeah,
2: well, and it has been fun. And uh, we were lucky to have some really... Good people early on, and many of whom are still with us, and uh, and so it's been great. We're about last uh, so last year uh, we did a little over a hundred million in revenue. Uh, we ran one hundred thirty thousand. 000- Ad campaigns uh, for about thirty thousand, actually for the whole year, about forty thousand unique advertisers. Many of those advertisers came to us through our media company partners. People, you know, as you know, newspaper companies, uh, TV companies, cable companies who uh, use our platform for audience extension. Uh, so we're focused on, you know, gosh, the lar- we say the largest buyers of localized advertising, which are both media companies who are doing reach extension, uh, and then multi-location brands. Uh, with hundreds or thousands of rooftops who want to customize both a message to the each location and uh, customize targeting around each location. So, uh, cool. so yeah, I, I, that's what we're doing. We're about three hundred people now and uh, continue to grow nicely.
0: I wanted to talk uh, about OTT and, and 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 connected TV, but but before we do that, you mentioned you've got forty thousand unique advertisers, and you also mentioned audience extension. What we've seen in that for us, and I'm interested in your reaction, is that it's easy to sell. Loads of people just – it's easy to say, hey, we can put a banner on our website and then reach the other 98% of the audience that doesn't ever go to our website. So it's it's really cool and an easy thing for a sales rep to grasp. But what we've been hearing lately is that the market's saturated and that everybody's selling it and it's pushing the pricing down. Is that, is that true? What's What are you seeing?
2: You know, we don't see. And so, on one hand, we don't we don't see what our partners are selling it for. It's frankly none of our business, and they add a lot of value. Uh, and so, in the past, what we've seen is two things: one audience extension, programmatic audience extension, has been a much better margin business for our partners than has been reselling uh, Google Search or Facebook Social. So many of them have come to us actually with the opposite, saying, wow, the margins here are better. They're not as good as their O&O, o, of course. But uh, but if they sell it well, if they uh, bring a unique perspective to the local market, like u- unique uh, you know local knowledge and use geofencing the target venues that, uh, that they know about, those are the partners that, uh, that we see that can really sort of maintain their margins and, and keep it away from being a commodity resale business.
0: What are some of the big trends you're seeing in geofencing? That is also very hot among uh, media companies right now, and, and advertisers are just loving geofencing. So what are the trends that you're seeing in that area?
2: You no, know, so what we see, uh, especially with local advertisers, is they very much want to you know go back to leveraging local knowledge. So a local car dealer will want to go and, and he knows who he's competing against uh, day in day out, and, and the media company that's working with them. So they'll go and uh, and target. Um, uh, you know, target their direct competitors. They'll also know, you know, say if they're selling high-end cars, they'll know, hey, this is a guy got a great market of the members of this country club and go target uh, target those. So we're seeing both com- competitive retargeting, we're seeing sort of demographic retargeting. And then last year, we saw a ton of growth in uh, what we call addressable advertising, which is household-level uh, re- uh, geofencing. So, uh, you know, when we got into this local business, local was a DMA it got a little bit better down to a city level and then with gps data went to a zip level and so in uh, 2018 we rolled out household level addressable and uh, and that has been uh, that has been a sort
0: of fast growing product that we saw all through last year give me an example of of how that works so someone is targeted by their physical mailing address is that right that's correct. So
2: if you're, say, you're a car dealer you, and uh, you're selling a luxury cars, say Jaguars, uh, then you know that hey, you're drawing uh, within certain zip codes or, or within a 20-mile radius. And then using uh, data that is in our platform, uh, we have credit union data or credit bureau data in our platform. You can say, hey, show me the households within a 15-mile radius of my dealership that are making household income of greater than 100k, or that have uh, people, uh, you know, have ages of uh, of 45 to 65, if that's the target, or if I'm selling minivans that have uh, households with uh, two kids, uh, two or more children in the household, and just pick out. Uh, that, and just pick out essentially the households that target that fit the messaging that you're going out to with that ad. So you could have a certain set of messaging for you know for your minivan going out to families, and different set of messaging for you know your luxury convertible going out to uh, high
0: earners. Wow, cool! I can see where that's really powerful. Uh, I wanted to move on to OTT as I had mentioned, just because we just see that as such a a, a hot product. Everybody has a high interest in in selling OTT and selling into the, the networks in some way. And for us, from the advertiser's perspective, we tested about a year ago uh, advertisers during one of our monthly panels, and not many of them really knew what it was. And mm-hmm. almost overnight, they all do, and now mm-hmm. they they want it. So what are you seeing on your end? You said about a year and a half ago or so that one of your big initiatives was OTT and, and CTV, Connected TV. So what are your, what percent of the, of your business is that now? What are the trends you're seeing?
2: Yeah. So, um, an interesting OTT along with that addressable solution that I just mentioned have been, uh, really were sort of the big drivers for us in 2019. So in, um, um, in OTT, it's it's over ten percent. It's like twelve or thirteen percent of our business now. I just I just looked up the numbers. I we in uh, in the fourth quarter alone, we ran eleven thousand OTT campaigns for four thousand unique advertisers. And so one of the interesting things, you know, from our approach that we're doing is this is a way. And one of we things I, so we see our job as is how do we bring OTT to local advertisers and TV in general to that. So that's been uh, super satisfying for us to be able to you know be able to take uh, take this product to. To advertisers who just have budgets that may be, you know, a few hundred dollars a month, and uh, and we can now uh, get them onto a very very targeted uh, TV advertising solution.
0: So for the uninitiative, the, the people maybe in radio who are going, yeah, we've heard about this, but we got so many other things going. How does this actually work? What are the mechanics of it? What do you offer? And can how easy is it for a media company, maybe in a, in a smaller market, to actually participate? So the,
2: the good news about is a green field. So uh, anyone, whether you're a, a newspaper, a newspaper, a TV station, a radio station, uh, they can all participate uh, here because it's frankly a green field. And so as you know, more and more Americans and people worldwide are cutting uh, cutting the cord from their cable bundle. They're watching uh, video on demand or streaming TV. A lot of video on demand is has no ads. Right, Netflix is a place where you don't have ads. But a growing, uh, growing percentage of the viewing of video on demand is what they call AVOD, advertising-supported video on demand, uh, and so, and, and that's uh, so the the uh, content is being supported like advertising, just like traditional TV. When a viewer is watching streaming TV, uh, either through a Roku device or an Amazon Fire device or an Apple TV or what have you, um, or a smart TV. Uh, ads come up on these video-supported channels, and just like in uh, programmatic uh, display, those ads are sent out to auction in real time, and so we are able to bid on those ads using all the same data targeting that we're able to on display, including search retargeting, behavioral targeting, demographic targeting, or this household addressable targeting.
0: And are you seeing a minimum buy on this? Is it is it maybe similar to what we're seeing for television, like in a smaller market, a minimum buy might be. 10 15 20,000 or is it is it well below those levels
2: yeah it's well below those so we see a lot of buys as i mentioned under a thousand dollars a month uh, on an advertiser level really and, and some and some under that
0: so yes. so is something at that level effective i mean it would just seem it's like not buying enough but is it effective in your view well, the point is, uh, with
2: addressable, they can spend that money, as opposed to spending uh, ten thousand dollars a month and hitting and those ads hitting, uh, you know, the percentage of households that are really in your target market. Maybe maybe a tenth of that, or a third of that, or some number like that. They can say, "Hey, I can spend a thousand dollars a month, but I know I'm hitting the households, uh, the precise households that are in the market for this car, that are in my exact demographic." And so, yes, you know, so, I mean that's uh, we see them big growth of, uh, bringing TV, you know, very targeted TV, uh, TV buys to, uh, localized advertisers.
0: Uh, quickly, we got about a minute left here. Um, let's talk about the sellers and, and just, I know you aren't prepared for this question, but, but tell me what you're seeing in terms of, and let's stick with OTT. We have newspaper folks selling it, newspaper companies and maybe radio companies, or is it, is it mainly a phenomenon of, of, uh, of the TV sellers who probably can sell it well, cause it's video. So is it, are these other folks actually participating in this and now selling video advertising? And if so for us, how well are they doing at it?
2: Um, so it's, uh, it's all over the map. Clearly, uh, as, as you mentioned, the, uh, the TV guys, it's natural. They already have the video, uh, the video creatives and are ready to go. Uh, but we have seen, uh, some very success, some you know, newspapers, radio stations. Uh, And others who are not used to selling video uh, very successfully bring uh, bring this product to market and are seeing uh, seeing it as a growing piece of the bundle that they uh, that they sell to a
0: local advertiser. Cool. So what's new for uh, simplify in 2020? What are you guys up to? What's big on the horizon? So continuing uh, the whole
2: host of things around OTT and CTV we're doing, attribution has been a big part of the uh, connected TV story and that all of a sudden TV advertisers can see, hey, someone who saw my ad actually bought something on my website or visited my store. So there's a host of things we're pushing on the attribution front, uh, on the analytics front, and then... Uh, we'll be and then we're actually going to be launching uh, here sometime the uh, first half of this year, a Facebook product as well, which a lot of our customers have been asking for. So those are sort of the big pushes, at least uh, as far as I can see through the first half of the year.
0: Great for Thank you. I uh, really appreciate some great insights there. Thank you for joining us on the uh, podcast. You bet, Gordon. Always great to talk to you.
1: You know what, Gordon, you're getting pretty good at this interview thing. Thank you. Yeah. I think one of the the best parts about the interview is the guy's name, first of all. (laughs) Frost. Yeah. I I love it.
0: I wonder what it was like for for Frost growing up. Oh, I don't know. Chilly, I imagine. Hey. (laughs) Anyway. um, We invite somebody on the show. We interview them and we make fun of their name (laughs) after they leave, right? Is that what we do here?
1: (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Uh, Yeah, just write my hate mail to my email. That's fine. (laughs) Um, But a couple of things he said that were really, really interesting, Uh, the whole thing about OTT being Greenfield and how how cheap it is uh, to get in on it, I think it was a really exciting point. And so was the information about geofencing down to a household level.
0: Yeah. You know, I guess if you put the geofencing and the OTT – stuff out there and and the audience extension stuff, you know, all of it, you know, mostly sheeps programmatic, if you want to put it under that umbrella. I just had had an, uh, a prep call with uh, Bill Caudle who's speaking at the conference about OTT advertising. And he said, where are the notes here? OTT, local OTT is the hottest thing since social, mm-hmm. and it's the most demanded thing we have. So boom, there it is. The demand is out there. I just don't understand why so? there's so much reticence inside companies to sell this because, oh, it's low margin. It's not our stuff. It's not our audience well, stuff.
1: Well, there you go. And there's the paradigm – I hate to use this. There's a paradigm shift, right, that has to happen because under the umbrella of programmatic, supposedly I can reach anybody in a market or one person in a market, depending, right? I can get a hold of anybody, So what becomes the most important thing for me to understand? Before you answer that, remember, decades ago, a media company could go out and sell radio advertising or TV. That that was what they had. That's what they could do. Years ago, we changed it to, you know what? We really need to sell the value of our audiences. It's all going to be about audience-based selling. I dare say now, because of programmatic and the fact I can reach anybody if I really wanted to. It's about the consumer. It's about selling consumers, not your audience anymore.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think there's a great, do we have time for my TMP analogy? There's a there's a great case study in TMP worldwide. Some will remember, most won't. Back in the uh, late 80s, this company formed to create a greater efficiency for recruiters mm-hmm. who were trying to buy newspaper ads across the country, like Boeing and Bechtel trying to recruit engineers in the top five metro newspaper markets or, or whatever. So TMP created this basically clearinghouse to say, OK, you call us, one call. And then we'll get your ad placed in newspapers across the country, display ad. What they did was came between the relationship of the newspapers and the customer. And then TMP years later in the late 90s bought Monster. So when the call came in from Boeing to place an ad in the newspaper, the folks at TMP said, well, you know, we have something that's a lot cheaper and that you might be interested in. And that is what may be happening today, if you jump forward today, with someone getting in between the relationship and programmatic, you know, basically handling that transaction. They now have the customer relationship and can direct that customer someplace else. So I think it's imperative on media companies to really see themselves as serving customers in a much different way than just saying, well, our audience is valuable. We're a media company. No, no you're going to die if you have that monolithic approach yeah, to the market.
1: You're, you're a consumer communication company. You're a bridge between a consumer and a, a local advertiser no matter what. It doesn't matter about audience anymore. It matters about the consumer and how do I get in front of a consumer.
0: Yeah. Now, I was very encouraged to hear for us talk about the um, the, the size of the buys. I thought these were much bigger buys, but he was saying, what, $1,000 yeah. a month? that yeah. You know, you can get into this? That appeals to a, a very nice customer set that – I think we could be available to many, many different types of, uh, of media companies trying to sell this stuff it's, rather than saying, well, the minimum purchase is 50000 That knocks a lot
1: out. Oh, yeah. That chops off the long tail, right? And now you're opening up this long tail of people who, can, who just don't know how to buy this stuff and you can come in there and help them.
0: Well, great. Thank you, Corey. Thanks, uh, everybody, for participating by listening. Hope to see you at our conference if you're listening to this before then. It's the 9th and 10th of, uh, of March. If you were listening after, well, I hope we saw you there. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, Corey. Thank you, Gordon And thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, sponsored by Simplify and by Site Impact. If you have submissions for something you'd like Corey or Gordon to discuss, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, email the hosts at podcast at com and let them know. Thanks for listening, and remember, market well.